This week, we read The Adventure of the Three Garadebs, or however you say it. The game is afoot, all our buddies. Welcome back to the final Podblum, the only Sherlock Holmes read-through podcast featuring special guest this week, Andrew Orsi of Good Game, Great Game. Wow! (laughs) We are very excited to have you. I don't know how to do an intro in an episode besides just kind of screaming a random, like... Thing. Yeah, Zach no, that's your brand. It. it honestly, it's no, I do. It's delightful. Every episode, you guys just say "bop." It's, it's great. It's succinct and it's to the point because we don't know how to do an intro that takes less than five damn minutes. So <laughs> we I'll just keep going. We don't either. I just cut most of it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, the magic of editing. Mm-hmm. Well. Welcome back, all our buddies. Uh, this week we read The Three Garadebs, and oh boy, is describing this as a story extremely generous. Um, <laughs> Nick, why don't you, uh, I think, I think you had some thoughts about this because you, you were sending me memes before we, uh, before we began recording here. Yeah. So why don't you, why don't you lead us off here and tell us what the crap is a Garadeb? So Garadeb is a last name, allegedly. And, um, okay. it's allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, um, for some people in this story, uh, other people, it's an alias. Uh, but yeah, there's the three Garadebs refer to, um, three different people with the last name Garadeb. And basically, right. uh, a guy, uh, shows up at, uh, Baker Street one day and he's like, my last name's Garadeb and I need to find two other guys with that last name because some crazy dude I met in Kansas with that last name, died, and in his will, he said, if you can find three men with the last name Garadeb, um, they'll all get a piece of my estate. So that's what the right. mystery is presented as, originally. But of course it ends up being <laughs> something totally different. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And, like, on the surface, that's a patently insane thing to happen, but is also exactly the sort of thing, like, a rich American Kansas millionaire would absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, in my brain, I saw that, and I was like, this is clearly, like, a Ponzi scheme. Any of those kind of things, like, you can read them, and it just Mm -hmm. looks bad. But then (laughs) then you have to think, like, oh, this is a different time period, and it's, like, Britain's view of Americans? Like, maybe we were kind of that way. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Arthur Conan Doyle has some things to say about uh, Americans in this story, which I I could not even be offended at. Uh, before we get into it, Andrew, why don't you uh, tell us, what's your what's your experience and story with uh, Sherlock Holmes like? Um, so I have, I used to read a lot of, like, mystery novels and stuff, so I got into some Sherlock Holmes way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. More of the, like, longer ones, the better known ones, you know, mm-hmm. sure. that sort of thing. So the short story is, like, this was brand new to me. Um, oh, I cool. haven't really right. touched a lot of these shorter things. So that was nice. great. Yeah. And then I sort of, I don't know, I, I strayed into the world of like fantasy and sci-fi and didn't really look back. So I haven't actually mm-hmm. touched Holmes' written word in a long time. I did watch that uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie, obviously. Cause, of you know, course. That's a good time. You have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. legally have to, yeah. Those are fun um, movies. Yeah. So I, I had a good relationship with, with Holmes when I was young, and then we've strayed apart, but we're coming back together right now for this episode. Cool, that's awesome. I'm so glad no one ever, like, forced you to read the Sherlock Holmes stories, because that's the quickest way to ruin them for people, like, it in really, school or really something. Is. Yeah, that's awesome. I was, I mean, I didn't have friends as a child, so I just, like, made book friends. 
Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Same. <laughs> and that like sounds two. really sad. Like when I say it, people are like, well, that's sad. I'm like, I don't remember being sad. I was like fine with it. I was having a great time. I'm like, yeah. these stories rule. Yeah. <laughs> these people are so much cooler yeah, than no. anyone I could meet in real life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martin the Warrior and I hanging out. I was actually just talking to my missus, and we were... We, okay, so when I was in school, in sixth grade, we were talking about this. A, a gaggle of girls approached me mm-hmm. and said, Hey, this mutual acquaintance girl of ours would like to know if you would be interested in going out to her. And I said... I said, why? Mood. Big mood. here's the... <laughs> I know what I meant. I wanted no, context. Yeah. I was like, are yeah. you guys asking this because she said to, or is it because you guys think we'd be like, what are the, what are mm, the parameters? Sure, yeah, no. That's not how it came off. <laughs> I can guarantee I was sitting there like reading a red wall, minding my own business. Uh-huh. And as soon as it was over, that's ex- I went right back to doing that. I was like, oh, that was weird. Let's oh see what's going God. down at Redwall Abbey. Yeah, that was that... very much my brand. Yeah, that's, yeah, that hits. <laughs> that's really funny i have a okay i have a quick question that i just thought of for you andrew have you heard it's okay if you haven't have you heard of the testament of sherlock holmes have you heard of the frogware sherlock holmes games no they're bad they're bad but i was but just i'm ready if you have because i played one and a half of them and they are absolutely ridiculous they're not good but they're really fun and actually i'll I'll absolutely try this quite like close to the canon weirdly in a lot of ways but um yeah so they're just they're just like basically um detective games you don't really uh get to shoot anything or you just walk around and solve crimes and find clues but like now nicholas forgive me did you and this 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 is important to me but i don't know that it's important to the subject did you say fraudware no it's frog frogwares like the animal okay. that's just the that's the company name they're you know okay. they they are like they're i think they're canadian or so they're super tiny like game company i think i feel like they've been acquired by leapfrog at this point but really because i want that's, that maybe no, it's not real it's, it's yeah. not real at all <laughs> could be related i don't know but anyway no yeah. the thematic connection sometimes has to has to supersede the actual event there yeah. w- there was kind of i think the most like known this game is is there was kind of a meme for a while about like creepy watson because there was a glitch where like you would walk a certain distance and watson would be like lagging behind you and then you'd turn around and he'd be like right there Ooh. like and <laughs> <laughs> it was really it was really funny like watching clips of it um that was from one of the earlier games though the later games unfortunately they removed that glitch but i thought Damn it, it was, i know like, right i'm like oh, what's the point now that was a feature not a bug anyway yeah. so <laughs> uh, yeah it was good, fun. Bad, isn't it funny how like sad. in the 90s if you really think about video games like glitches in video games became a feature like, they were amazing. Oh, yeah. They were like, great. Missing number in the Pokemon games, like, is mm-hmm. a Pokemon. Like, that's mm-hmm. not a bug oh, anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, missing no is its own thing. Yeah, entirely. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, I've read horrible mini uh, creepy pastas about how like missing no is the result of like Pokemon who get left in their Pokeballs in abandoned places or something about how like yeah. their mm-hmm. data start to degrade. Yeah, oh, it's terrifying. It. I hate but it. Yes, it's it's become its own its own proper thing, and I. Never, like, I respect speedrunners and, like, uber-completionists and stuff like that. I don't personally have the game-playing stamina to, like, figure out an exploitable glitch. But the people who are like, you see, if you z 
zip through this wall and go up this staircase in Final Fantasy IV 64 times, it breaks the code, and you can walk through this area that was never supposed to be accessible. And you say, oh, cool. Well, what's in that area? Nothing. It breaks the game. But you can do it. But you but get you there. get there. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what, like, actual game makers think of stuff like that because they're like look we put all this up we made this game for you guys and then someone's like i'm gonna figure out how to play it wrong <laughs> yep well and i i was reading some uh some boss fight books actually which i heard about right. from zach mm-hmm. on you guys they're, show. they're real real good and there was a bit in there about how like you can do with your video game all the in-house testing and quality control you want you can do it for a million hours of man time but the instant that shit is out in the wild people are gonna break it in ways you could never possibly mm-hmm. have dreamed yep <laughs> and <laughs> i think that's beautiful it's great <laughs> Humanity is beautiful. I mean, okay. you could almost say that about, like, any art form that exists in the world. You know how many, like, yeah. fan theories there are about, like, any, like, book that's ever come out, about any oh, theater yeah. show. Like, people write their own versions of the stories. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, thank you. So and they pretty do much, they want with it. Yeah. we as consumers are just like, that's cool that you made this. I'm going to make it my thing, though. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it really it really raises the question, is there such a thing as a non-interactive art medium? I don't think so. I mean, you need viewers to so. be Yeah, if no one's reading it, then what's if no one's engaging with it, then what's it doing, you know? Why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a theater teacher who said that theater is what happens between the stage and the audience. And like, I can hear Dylan suddenly screaming That's somewhere good. in the distance talking <laughs> about like the death of the author. And, but um but yeah, it's That's good. It's, um it's a great thing that no no two people ever really play the same game or read the same book that there's mm-hmm. there is always that individual relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, yeah. Let's find out uh, what's going on here on Baker Street. So, All right. with every Sherlock Holmes story, there there are like extraneous details that are introduced, and you always have to try to figure out: is this going to be relevant? Is this something that's going to be right. key, or is this something Arthur Conan Doyle threw in just to throw us off, or is it something he just like didn't even think about and was like, "Yeah, I'll just make this part of the story," having no idea that it would throw people off? And there was a ton of that crap in here. Like, <laughs> this is following the conclusion of the South African War, of which concluded on June nineteenth. 19- 1902. I wrote that shit down. It did not sure come did. up again. Nope. nope. <laughs> I think nope. That, that whole beginning bit was, I think, kind of just like a way for Doyle to like kind of he he has to. I think he has like a, trouble starting stories, which is fair because yeah. he writes so many it's of hard. them, and you have to start them differently every really time. Is. And he doesn't really want to just like it wasn't really a thing back then to just launch right into it like. Right. Uh, but it, you kind of have to set it up somehow or like in the spring of so and so. And if you didn't do that in the Victorian era, it was like people were thrown off, I think. So he had to think what of just is like, what man doing? What is that? I'm not ready for this. I got I need at least a paragraph of description of what the weather was like that day. What's the year? I need to know all of this stuff. Um, so many women were dying of mild surprise because they right. couldn't handle the emotional trauma of in media's race. It's too time. much. It's too stressful. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of just Watson starting the story somehow and saying why he is deciding to write about this at the moment. I guess there's nothing yeah. politically pressing to keep him from, uh, to keep the information 
back and right. so he's just kind of like all right which is what happens in so many stories yeah it's like hey i couldn't tell you cats about this for 20 years but now watson's going on the record here we are <laughs> but, uh, i imagine yeah. he just has like a stack of just stories and like dates for when they expire kind of like when he can start telling yeah them. and just like all right checks his you know calendar like or whatever dead drop yeah like prearranged to be sent to his publisher on mm-hmm. certain dates yeah. if he doesn't give the order not to <laughs> Andrew, why don't you why don't you kick us off here? What's your what's your note taking process like? What do you how does how does the story start? Um, I don't know. I started taking like notes on this intro, and then I was like, I'm not sure how much it's important that I take notes on yeah. this intro because <laughs> I love that he literally like the first paragraph of this whole thing is like might have been a comedy, might have been a tragedy. Here's all the bad things that happened, but like you might think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, Thanks, Watson. Yeah. Thanks for really telling me what mindset to get into here. <laughs> I know exactly what to prepare for. Furthermore, I think that was kind of Arthur Conan Doyle being like, this way, they can't be mad at me no matter how they feel. <laughs> which... I'm not breaking any genre because you don't know which one I'm in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and honestly, respect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because covering his bases. Go on. Yeah, Doyle just gets cheekier and cheekier. And he's like, I'm Arthur Conan Doyle. You're reading a fucking Sherlock Holmes story. You've already lost the game, son. <laughs> Doyle's relationship, how, how Doyle deals with how famous he inexplicably becomes is hilarious. What am I, I wish Doyle were still alive now because God, I would pay money yeah. to see his Twitter. He would be so funny. <laughs> like, I feel like I, he'd be the biggest troll. Like, he everything would. that he said would just be, like, trying people to just subvert be... every expectation people have of him. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah. You would never know. He would be immune from all criticism, because no one would... He would just make a joke out of anything anyone said. Yeah. Yeah, you would just see a tweet that says, what the hell is Tumblr? And then a reply 20 minutes later that just says, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Well, interestingly, Nicholas, it's interesting you say that because, uh, like, it occurs to me that his reaction to that fame is not unlike Holmes's. Because Holmes always seems, like, pretty embarrassed. Like, he kind of loves being Sherlock Holmes, but also he's like, I don't want credit. I just didn't want there to be crimes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much takes the whole, like, the work is its own reward to the extreme where, like, really he doesn't care what yeah. anybody thinks except maybe a couple of like scotland yard people and watson of course you know it's otherwise right. it's just like it, it starts yeah. and it also mentions at the beginning he refused a knighthood for services that may one day be told but we don't know what they are but like refusing a knighthood that's kind of like a big thing yeah he's probably yeah, honestly he's move. probably still embroiled in the legal battle of like refusing that knighthood so we can't right? talk about it yet <laughs> they're like you know? what are you talking about you don't want this this is like <laughs> refusing england's right. highest honor just like, like i just imagine like if you refuse a knighthood from like the queen she immediately sues you like right it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how does that go over like they're just like mr <laughs> sherlock holmes we would we you're thank you for your services to the country we would like to honor you with this with england's highest honor and he's just like Nah, thanks, but no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, actually. And Watson just yeah, said, like, the system has to be like, <laughs> you just get a pop up and it says, you will be knighted and the only option is okay. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no, <option laughs> but I can also see Sherlock refusing it just to be able to say that he turns down a knight. Oh, right. Sure. right. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Holmes has apparently been abed for several days, uh, emerging with like a bunch of sheets Which, of paper. Which like also and asking, mood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do Big I get to be abed yeah, right for there. several days? I want to be freelance. Damn. 
Yeah, it just, it just, yeah, no, I, I slept for a week. What? What's the problem? Do other people not do that when they run out of cocaine? And then you immediately wake up with a document and you're like, okay, Watson, let's get to work. <laughs> exactly. Apparently I put this together at some point in the last week. I don't know, but we should probably see to it. <laughs> so he comes out and he asks Watson if he's ever heard of a Garadeb, uh, and if he has to, uh, lay his hands upon one if ever he can, for there is money in it for reasons too complex to go into, at least until they're guest arrives um watson finds the name in the phone directory which was apparently a thing by this point um mm-hmm. and oh, it was a thing yeah i get it was a thing for a hundred years and then it just disappeared like phones yeah. have I, I, so vanished from our culture like we just went back to sending tiny telegrams to each other that's instead. real <laughs> right uh there's and no, you literally I, dictate them now if you use siri to send them <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I think our, our phone booths are, or phone, not phone booths, oh my goodness, um, phone books are still kind of a thing, right? Like, somewhere, I don't think anyone really- I think they really, exist. Yeah, for like businesses kind and of. stuff, but you can really just but Google you can't, any- But you can't, like, list cell numbers in them, so it's only yeah. landlines, and how many people besides anyone over the age of 60 really has a landline anymore? Right, yeah, they're finally <laughs> yeah. obsolete, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really great at my job. Whenever someone gives us their uh, phone number, we can send them like a text confirmation of their urgent care, or whatever. And I have to ask, is that a landline or a thing? And like, even seventy-five-year-old people are like, "Who has a landline?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> it's pretty good. So, um, Watson finds a Garadab in the phone directory, but apparently, oh no, that is the wrong Garadab, uh, for he is the one to whom this letter is already addressed. And, like, Watson, Watson kind of always serves as the audience surrogate a little mm-hmm. bit, but here especially, um, re, WTF is a Garadab. Like, come on, mm-hmm. like, what, just come on, <laughs> we get so, it. Come on. You think this is hilarious. Also, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, coming from someone with less charisma than Holmes, like, this would be an absolute dick move. It's just like, it would, go yeah. find a Garadab, Watson, and of course he goes to the phone directory, the first place you're gonna look yeah. if you think it's a name. He finds one, he's like, ha wrong one, and then he, like, goes to a card <laughs> that gets brought in, he's like, he found another one, he's like, ha still the wrong one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, to be fair, that's exactly the kind of thing that Dylan would and has done to me, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes you just have that friend, yeah. This, okay, so Mrs. Hudson, as you noted, arrives with this card announcing a, okay, so Watson finds Mr. N. Garadeb of England, and Mrs. Hudson arrives with a card announcing Mr. John Garadeb of Mooraville, Kansas. Uh, this second Garadab is, again, apparently still not the one they want, um, mm. but will be, will be there to speak with them shortly. And, uh, he's apparently a lawyer from Kansas. So he's described as, uh, looking very baby faced, mm-hmm. uh, very smooth and chubby and kind of childish. And the reader could take this, uh, one of two ways. Either that, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle is specifically calling out early career John Hodgman or, uh, clean shaven <laughs> Casey because I felt added as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I also, wasn't gonna say I also nothing, really but... enjoyed that it was like round, clean shaven American face, and I was like, "Not today, <laughs> no sir." <laughs> Everyone's got facial hair now. <laughs> yep, it is once again a mark of virility, and uh, that you know how to micro brew, yeah. etc. And mm-hmm. I have neither of those yeah. things, which is why I don't wear a beard. <laughs> there you go. You'll learn it one day, one of these days. His accent was American. 
made me really happy because it's insulting but fair. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't name any but a couple of the most well-known British accents, and it just makes me wonder, like, when a Briton imagines an American speaking, like, what random accent do they give us? Right, because there's so many. There's, like, you have Southern accents, you have Californian accents, you have all different in-between. It's, yeah, it's like, there's no real one American. It makes sense if you... Yeah. I feel like, at least in my experience with modern day Brits, I usually either hear them go into the like California Valley Girl kind of thing, and they'll do like, <laughs> sure. oh my god, or mm. they go into a Southern. Like those yeah. are the two primary the, ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favorite is like the, the the only one I can think of at the moment is in uh, Monty Python and the Meaning of Life, where Eric Idle and someone else are playing like a couple of American tourists at dinner. But when the only thing they know they need to do to do a passable American accent is to hit the R's as hard as they possibly can, so mm-hmm. they just say, "Waiter, we would like to order some dinner." <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, it's half Muppet and all American, and I'm here to represent it. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, but anyway, so this this cat to whom we're introduced does eventually transpire to be chicagoan so presumably you could imagine he has a chicago accent but i think it's just as easy to be like oh hey there i'm john gary deb that's what i'm (laughs) imagining (laughs) it's way more fun that way the minute i heard midwest i was like yep Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep absolutely so what does this cat want one of you gentlemen tell me come on let's engage play with the space guys stretch out (laughs) there's plenty of room in this here sherlock holmes hot tub so uh, yeah, so he's looking, uh, for the two other Garadebs. He basically is like, yeah, I met this other, uh, this guy in, uh, Kansas, in Topeka, right? Topeka? Topeka? Um, Topeka. Kansas, and, um... Where he caught a Topekachu. I just, oh, no. I just... <laughs> I knew I was gonna get sidetracked by saying that. I was like, don't say Topeka, because I think of that... <laughs> Okay, this is kind of obscure. There's a clip from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh my god, I was yeah! going right there. Yes, <laughs> yes. Blue is watching TV and he's watching the Weather Channel and they're like, it's hot in Topeka. And he's like, it's hot in Topeka. In Topeka. And he's just <laughs> dragging out everywhere. And it's like, that's the whole scene. It's just him he saying turns it all into this a stuff. Full, he takes it though into a full <laughs> bit where it turns into like, I'm a hot toe picker. My toe it's is hot. Pick it. So <laughs> funny. I will send you the clip, Casey, because you need to see Please it. Do. You have to watch Please it. Do. Like, anyway. My Foster's knowledge is minimal, and I understand <laughs> that it reaches heights of absurdity yeah. that mm-hmm. I really need to. Yeah, need to most do. of the humor is on the absurd end, but yeah, it's good. Anyway, so yeah, John Garadeb, who's there at the moment, is telling the story about this crazy old guy he met in Kansas, also named Garadeb, who said, hey, if you can... Alexander Alexander Hamilton. Uh, yes, yeah, can we talk go. about that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, honestly, I was confused as to whether it was supposed to like be a suggestion that he met Alexander Hamilton <laughs> and he just had a secret, silent last name that no one knew about. I thought that it was originally before I remembered what the actual story was about. Um, thought that it was just Doyle being like, "That sounds like a name an American person would have." <laughs> just name themselves after yeah, a president. That's fair. Like Abraham earlier. Yeah, like if you just needed a name for a British character, and you'd be like, "I'm Winston Churchill Jones." It's like, okay, we <laughs> yeah. get it. That's, yeah. <laughs> so. But, uh, but Nick, that reminds me. Yeah. That reminds me. Okay, we were talking in one episode, or maybe it was just you and I talking as people, I forget. Mm-hmm. But I was.
was talking about how as a person has to speak on the phone all day, I hate that ending a conversation takes five minutes. Mm-hmm. That it's, okay, thanks. All right, thanks. You too. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Goodbye. That, like, mm-hmm. I really wish English had an equivalent for the Klingon kapla, which yeah. just means success, and also this conversation is over now, and you are fine with it. It's concise. Um, but yes. <laughs> it is. But Chris Daly told me about an incident where Thomas Jefferson... Um, the Francophile, mm-hmm. once went riding and met just some dude who didn't recognize him. And they thought, okay, we'll go riding and hunting together for a while. It's cool. And while they were riding, this guy proceeded to talk all manner of mad shit on that son of a bitch in the White House, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. And how this country is like 20 years old, but he is the worst thing to happen to it. Oh and it's, my God. it's real bad. And by the time they arrive, he's like, hey, you're a cool dude. Why don't you come back to my house? And and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just have dinner and hang out or something. And one of his aides approached and said, uh, President Jefferson, you know, we have to go attend to some presidential matters. Yes. And the guy just looked at him. The guy looked at him and said, my name is Haynes. And then rode into the sunset. <laughs> and so following that, in any conversation, it was perfectly acceptable to say, my name is Haynes. And then just run away if you didn't want to talk about what you were talking that about anymore. That is so funny. So it was like a the meme colonial the American era version of Kapla. Yeah. Exactly. I'm gonna, I, yes. I wanna, I vote that we, uh, that we start using that. We bring that back. That's yeah, absolutely. awesome. Yep. <laughs> my name is Haynes. Name I'm gonna start, that's how I'm gonna say goodbye to every person who comes up to the bar to get a drink from me at my theater. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I'm not gonna tell them to enjoy the show anymore. I'm just, my name is Haynes, then run away behind my name is like, Haynes. the bar somewhere. <laughs> yep. It'll catch, it'll catch. They'll start saying it back because they'll be afraid to admit they don't know what it means and it'll become this, it'll become a thing. That's how trends get set, guys. There you go. Gotta start somewhere. True. So Alexander Hamilton Garadab, um, yeah, tells him that he's, uh, he wants to, well, he, he writes a will and later, uh, John Garadab gets the will and it, he he willed his entire property, which is this huge property worth millions and millions, um, just acreages of, like, land that's, like, mineable, farmable, all the above. Uh, if he can find three men with the same last name Garadeb, uh, they'll get the, they'll get the will. And so he basically is like, I combed all America for another Garadeb, couldn't find any, found one in England, so I came over to England. Now I'm just trying to find the third Garadeb so that I can get the contents of the will and the two other garadebs will too the final garadeb yeah yeah so so they'll they stand to make five million u.s dollars each now andrew welcome to casey's currency conversion corner we've got a special guest chair (laughs) all picked out for you Uh, hooray what what do you just take a stab there are no wrong answers five million u.s dollars 1924 what do you imagine that might equate to 2019 in u.s dollars yeah um I'm going to go... This is dollars to dollars. It wasn't pounds, because the guy was American in the first place. Is this Price is Right rules? Am I closest without going over? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Great, That's a rule from now on. So then it's going to be... Let me do... Carry the one. um, Sure. $12.6 billion. $12.6 billion. Okay, Nick, do you have a guess? Want to take a stab? Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) reject. (laughs) (laughs) $12.6 billion. It's a strong guess. Mm. It's not what you would call a correct one. Um, you know. It's $5 million equates to $75 million U.S. dollars 2019, okay. which right. is still yeah. 
which is still more Look, money than any I'd human be being fine could with ever receiving possibly. 12.6 million dollars i'd also be fine with receiving 75 million dollars exactly like functionally way. for people of of our economic stratum like they would be functionally the same <laughs> yeah. right i mean there's yeah it would just uh alter the amount of jail time we'd get for accidental tax evasion because we wouldn't right. know how to handle it <laughs> so yeah uh so holmes is talking to this cat he is perfectly pleasant um holmes points out that dude you are dressed british as hell what's up with that and uh the guy says we did not meet no no wait sorry we did not meet to talk about that cut of my socks sir <laughs> and holmes has like rustled his jimmies but then soothes him pointing out that oh no sorry no these little digressions of mine they sometimes prove to be useful in the end uh but sir if you are you know uh, working with this mr nathan garadeb to find the final garadeb here uh why did he not come with you because fuck you is why is <laughs> essentially the answer yeah um john garadev is kind of pissed that nathan garadev involved holmes in the first place uh mm. in what he felt was a bit of quote professional business between two gentlemen and uh holmes placates him saying that no 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 nathan garadev only wants to make sure that you both get what you're after and i sherlock holmes am simply the best way to do that as i am to do all things um mm. and john garadev <laughs> says okay that's cool um, as long as you're just going to help us find the guy and we don't have to involve the police, I mentioned completely innocently, which is not suspicious at all, then we can just, uh, <laughs> right. we can just proceed here. Um, Holmes essentially says, okay, so just tell my bro Watson what's happening here. Look at him over there standing in his puddle of ignorance. And then he recounts the entire story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that is the point where Casey's notes loop onto Nick's notes and our circuitous retelling of the story up to this point is complete uh andrew <laughs> why have they why have they not been able to find uh, another garadeb so far well um so he he started looking in the united states for another garadeb and that mm, was a failure correct. um didn't exist wasn't wasn't one there so that's why he was like oh and then i tried the old country <laughs> so, <laughs> right. like which is like a weird thing to me for an american to say i don't know i maybe that's a thing that americans said back then who knows I would yeah. never call Britain the old country, but maybe they did. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, we don't. We don't really think of. We're so much like. As we've been established so long as a country now, people don't ever really think too much about once being from England anymore. It's kind of like we've been around so long, we're our own thing. It's yeah. But back then, it makes sense thing. that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing because like there are there are literally doorknobs in England that are older than this country, but mm-hmm. we still talk about America like it's this ancient, eternal. Like even when it wasn't here, America was kind of here, you guys. And we have this we we hold on to that Americanness, except when it's convenient not to. Like you know, the Irish were enslaved too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. It's, 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 <laughs> yes. It's great. So they've tried advertising for a Garadeb in uh, in the hot sheets and yes. uh, have had have had no luck. So John Garadeb says that he and Nathan are going to continue their sweep. Sherlock can do his thing, and they'll report back uh, in a day or two, compare notes, and then figure out where to move from there. What happens next? Well, Holmes kind of uh, takes this moment to essentially just spin his trap, as it were. Mm, yep. Like, this is one of those things where it's like, you didn't, we as an audience in this story didn't even really get the clues planted for us heavily 
Besides mm-hmm. maybe no. a couple like references to like, mm, he was ruffled, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Besides right. that, like it's, this is just Sherlock is already like, I know you're a mess and mm-hmm. I'm going to get yeah. you. Yeah. So he yeah. starts just like planting things. He's like, mm, you didn't place uh, a, he says it's an ad in like the agony papers, which I'm reading as the classifieds. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. I, yeah. I think figured so, it was probably yeah. that. Why yeah. are they the agony papers? Does, have we looked that it's, up? Well, it's because, uh, when, it's kind of like you you need help with something. So when people are in agony, they so you're post like really a, sad about it. Yeah, it I guess. And then and you look for someone. It's like if someone loses something valuable, they can advertise it, right. and people. Or do you think it's can... like a gone papers? Because like something's gone, and you please. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun, guys. I'm turning off my mic here. See ya. <laughs> Casey, you I'm got another here, one. I'm just here to like <laughs> insert the worst puns into every podcast and make the hosts want to leave. That's all I do. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> we just pretend to be a Sherlock it's Holmes true. podcast. It, it's a Sherlock yeah, Holmes podcast. Yeah, it's just set dressing when it's really just like jousting, just trying to see mm. who can knock the other out of the out of the recording booth first. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Holmes. So yeah. He he places that ad. He mm-hmm. asks about the ad, and the guy's like, "Of course I did that, but there's no replies." So, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, he mentions uh, an old correspondent from the uh, Topeka area, mm-hmm. Doctor mm-hmm. Lysander Starr, mm-hmm. and is like, Which, "Oh, I mean, incredible he's, name! <laughs> I know. Way to go! Did he come up? Did, yeah. I mean, like, he must have come up with that on the spot. Which, like." That's a good improv name. I want to use it that as yeah, an improv it. sketch. <laughs> it's a strong one. Um, and so he's like, oh, I knew this guy. He's probably dead now. But, like, this was my yeah. old friend. He and he's like, ah, oh, yes. He was a mayor. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, John Garadab is like, yes, of course. He's still well-renowned is essentially what he says. Mm-hmm. And then basically, right. like, that's the end of the conversation. He's like, okay, bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> kind of thing. It's really, really <laughs> He abrupt. recognizes that, yeah, the noose is closing. And he just beats feet as quickly as he can. And, of course, it, it transpires that Holmes made that guy up. And just he's he just threw a, a crock of traps for this guy. But my thing... And maybe this, maybe this is just me as a typography weirdo, but like, Lysander Star, Star is spelled with two R's, which is cool <laughs> yeah. and correct, but here's my thing, this person did not exist. So like, when Holmes said that, was he just like, oh yes, yeah, Dr. Lysander Star with two R's. And <laughs> like, what this? <laughs> oh yes, Lysander Star, you know, good old S-T-A-double-R. <laughs> yeah, good old double R. God, I don't know. That just made me really happy because like who, it's at great. what point did that decision come true if that person never existed? Like what? I don't know. But anyway, it's great because as soon as the American leaves, Holmes immediately, like Watson's like, hmm. You look like you're thinking about something. And he's essentially like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then just pulls back the curtain and is like, okay, well, you know that I comb the agony papers. I've seen nothing. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. been nothing there. <laughs> and also, Lysander Star is not real. Even with no. two R's, not a real person. <laughs> nope. Add as many R's as you want. It's not just going to fabricate him. So what's the friggin' deal, essentially? Mm-hmm. And is the other Garadeb, NG, also a fraud? Watson, call that guy up on the telephone. And uh, <laughs> so they do so, and they arrange to go visit him uh, later that night. And they say, they, they tell him that there's no need to mention it to John Garadeb. And... Later we learned that he did anyway, and I couldn't tell whether that was a trap or not. Was that like, 
if we tell him not to mention it, that assures that he does, which kind of just tightens the noose around him? Or, Nick, what do, what, what do you think? You have more insight into um, more of this than I do. That, uh, for, for, uh, the other Garadib not to tell John Garadib that they called? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it, cause it says, cause they make it, they make a point of that, saying you don't need to tell John Garadib about this, and then he does. Mm-hmm. But like, what was the drive, like what purpose would... Yeah, I don't know. It could be maybe to make him a little more nervous about it or to just or they he was genuinely like don't tell him so he's like unaware and then right they think Aradev just tells him anyway because he doesn't have a life and he that's the only guy he's talking to right now <laughs> maybe right <laughs> yeah but Pardon speaking me of for who, one moment while my radiator goes off really stupid of course. loud <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna readjust the tape over that guy <laughs> no problem uh, Nick, we're talking to a guy who has a radiator. I know. I'm like, what is that? No, yeah, we got, uh, we had, we, uh, in, in Spokane, in Spokane, we have, at least in my apartment, we have those, like, we have a strip of, like, metal on the floor that's the radiator, but it's just a small, like, it's, like, along the floor. It's kind of nice. I don't understand why it's not along the top of it, because then it's, like, Wait. I can't put my desk up against the wall, because then it'll melt. So, what? Yeah. Wait, so the heating apparatus <laughs> in your room yeah. is just a hot piece of metal? It's, like, there's a cover over it, so that it's, like, if you oh, touch... Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, no. doesn't have a cover at all. It's <laughs> like, literally an old radiator that gets real hot, and you probably shouldn't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you That's can, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it does get the whole area really toasty, so I had to, like, move my... my little trash can is uh, plastic so i had to kind of like move it away for so it wouldn't mm. melt but yeah yeah nice. basically like that's the issue with recording in my apartment in the winter is like the radiator is very effective but like the nozzle where the gas comes out it like it's very sudden and mm. it's very hard to actually <laughs> noise removal it properly so like middle of a sentence you'll just hear like and it's like, Jesus. <laughs> your heat's running just letting and you know so i really tried job. to tape it but boy that air pushed right through my tape so now oh, I, that's I, okay. I have you know, it, gives, it. <laughs> gives the listener the impression that you're recording at like an old tiny train station yeah and steam is billowing build yeah. some atmosphere build some aesthetic in case if the train doesn't go see. by on my end we could have that as the replacement there you go <laughs> <Train's laughs> Once we get a clean run on that train when neither of us is talking, like the next time it goes by, we're just gonna have to go silent because I'm gonna save that and just yeah. patch it into For every noise episode. I could always like just stand outside one time when I know it's gonna be coming yes. by soon and just like have my phone out and record it real quick because it's very loud. <laughs> like even if I was Do on it. the, the train, is a character. At yeah, this it point. is. Yeah, I love it. So. Uh, they go to see yes. Garadeb. Somebody tell us about their visit with Garadeb. Uh, I got it. So he, I loved this guy's description. It's really good. Um, let me see if I can pull up my note for it. Uh, yeah, so they go and see him. He's kind of like, uh, nerdy, like, history, uh, fam, I guess. I feel uh, like he, he's me go. when I'm 60. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, a future real Andrew. Type. Yeah, yeah, this is a look into my future. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they, he's described here, Mr. Nathan Garadeb proved to be a very tall, loose-jointed, round-backed person, gaunt and bald, some sixty-odd years of age. He had a cadaverous face with the dull, dead skin of a man to whom exercise was unknown. Same. Uh, large round, large round <laughs> spectacles and a small projecting goat's beard combined with his stooping attitude to give him an expression of peering curiosity. The general effect, however, was amiable though eccentric. And I just, 
I like that description. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they go into his rooms. He lives in, uh, it's described as being for like bohemian bachelors. Uh, so it's just a bunch yeah. of individual people, uh, living in rooms. Some of them are offices. Some of them are like apartments and they go into his apartment and it's kind of just like a museum in there. He's got all kinds of historical relics. Really He's like cool. polishing an ancient coin. This like, I want to see this place. It sounds awesome. This sounds very oh, yeah. much up my alley. Um, and, they and Holmes just cross examines him real quick. He asks him a bunch of questions about um uh how long he's lived there. Oh, and on the and we know that Garadeb is this guy's real name because on the front of the house he has they used to have like placards with the name of who lives there, and his mm-hmm. uh placard is on there with his name and it's kind of like old and rusty, so they know that it's been there for a long time. This is this guy's actual name. Or um, it's a long right. con. Or it's an extremely <laughs> right. long con, but um <laughs> Yeah. Which would not be the first time. You know? Right? Yeah. So this guy, this guy's room is amazing. And he like, he goes into detail about how he's got all these old coins and he goes, he goes into detail about, well, I really prefer this dynasty of coin. You see a real drop off in quality. The copper purity goes down. And mm-hmm. like, there are like fossils and plants and examples of, mm-hmm. uh, like a- ancient animals and stuff. And it was, it was a really great visual depiction of a guy who is consumed by his his passion for learning and like for its own sake because he even even later on we learned that his interest in these monies is like to open a museum which is the purest most right? adorable thing he's he seems extremely genuine this guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's a golden-hearted garadeb mm-hmm Oh yeah, and then Holmes, uh, well, during his, during the cross-examination, one of the things he says, he asks him how, uh, long he's lived there. He also asks him, um, uh, Garadab mentions that he doesn't leave the house. He basically is in there all the time, and Holmes says, right. now you tell me that you never go out. And he says, well, you know, I go to these restaurants occasionally every now and then, but I pretty much live here. Like, I don't really leave the house very much. My work is extremely absorbing, and I'm pretty much always here. And that's kind of right. noted as important. Um, he also asks him if his collection is valuable and he says, well, you know, not like monetarily, but it's a good collection, but it's not really worth a ton of money right now. And that leaves into his, and so he's like not really afraid of burglars. It's not, the house isn't locked very well. There's like one lock, um, that, and Mm -hmm. he even, uh, says, uh, Holmes is like, uh, hey, I, you know, I, this is a great collection. I would love to look around, but I don't have time. And he says, well, we can, um, you could just come in and check it out later like you could just come in while i'm not here because he uh oh anyway so i'm telling this i'm telling this backwards but um no you're you're doing fine and, yeah and you hit you hit some interesting points that is one of the weirder things in a story full of people <laughs> making extremely <laughs> strange choices yeah it's like yeah i just met you but totally you can come to my home just come on, check it out. the landlady's <laughs> got the key <laughs> like unheard yeah, of for anyone who's ever lived in either la or new york i'm sure like yeah, oh my god don't let people <laughs> I broke out into a cold sweat immediately reading that line. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Why would you do that? Although, I do have to say, and this is not the first time it's come up, I really love the idea that you can just do a thing you like a lot and just refer to it as your work. Like, there was, in, mm. in like, the, the devil's foot, this guy was like, I kill lions. This is my work. I must go complete it now. <laughs> and, like, you could just, <laughs> this guy was like, I'm just gonna sit in my room with the Victorian equivalent of, like, my Pokemon toy collection, but it's mm-hmm. valid because it's fossils. And, yeah. like, this is my life's work, and none of you are allowed to judge it. And I think we should really readopt <laughs> that as a society. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Me making memes about the <laughs> Sherlock Holmes stories. Anyway, back to my work. Yep. <laughs> yes. You're a meme yeah. historian, is what you are. So uh, who arrives just then, Andrew? Oh, the other guy. John <laughs> Garadev. <laughs> I forgot Garadev, which one, so I was Garadev like, the other three. guy, I'm going to cover. I'm going to buy time while I remember which name goes here. <laughs> In fairness, I'm pretty sure that was intentional. I think they, they threw around the various, they, Arthur Conan Doyle, I think he threw around the various Garadevs a lot specifically to try and keep us bamboozled about it sure. a little bit. And it worked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but he just randomly, like, shows up because, you know... That seems normal and like not yeah. like he's hey, what are you doing talking to my friends too often? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, why are we why are we policing that hard? <laughs> yeah. So this guy arrives. Uh, he is all a fluster, um, saying that look, Mister Holmes. Uh, turns out we don't need you anymore because we have found a third and final Garadeb, a Mister Howard Garadeb, an architectural, not architectural. That's a different field entirely. <laughs> an agricultural. <laughs> An agricultural machinist, and just in case you didn't believe me for some reason, here is an advert proving he exists. Kapow. Mm-hmm. Probably we, from the we, agony papers, let's be honest. Almost certainly. Yeah, I think that's an <laughs> assumption we have to make, given the evidence at hand. So, uh, he is saying that he wants Nathan Garadeb to go see Howard Garadeb tomorrow, and he says, no, I want to stay home in my home, which is where I like to be, <laughs> if at all possible, <laughs> when given the option. <laughs> <laughs> and and John Garadeb says, "Well, I am mere an American, and he's—I've just got a tall tale, so he's not going to want to talk to me. And anyway, I'm too busy to go see to a deal that will net me seventy-five million dollars because that's how normal people with nothing to hide act." <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, something fishy is very clearly up, and Holmes, you can see the glee in Holmes's eyes, because (laughs) he says, no, that's a great idea. I think you guys should definitely do that. No, you should definitely go see that guy. Absolutely leave your house empty. (laughs) Yes, this guy's already got the old man's route planned out. He's like, no, no, I picked this thing for you, which is not at all a creepy or, like, oppressive thing to do. Here, you're gonna go do this. Also, I came all the way from America. I think you can take a wee train trip Now, what is that nonsense? Right? For real. You chose to come from America, fool. (laughs) (laughs) That was on you, dude. This is like, this is like, I have a family member who I've gone on like vacation with a lot as a child. Mm. Like we used to go out on vacation to like the beach and stuff like that. And she will to this day, if she's trying to get something out of me, hold it over my head. She'll be like, I took you to the beach when you were six. And I was like, I did not ask for that. You do not get to hold this over me. It's like the whole participation trophy thing. Like nobody wanted those. Right? Like, I don't even have I any left. I mean, closet. if it was yeah. given to me and it was shiny and golden, I was gonna take it, but I didn't ask for it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, I guess I'll, sure, yeah. <laughs> Just like a trip to the beach or to a different city to see a man with your same name. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so, alright, well, so Holmes is thrilled. He is clearly <laughs> setting a trap that we, the reader, can see. He's like, uh-huh, yeah, do that. Absolutely. No, it's gonna be great. There's no reason you absolutely shouldn't. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> and and poor old man Garadeb is like, okay, all these people in my home are yelling at me to do this thing. I guess I'm just gonna, sure. <laughs> this poor guy, he just wants to have a, he just wants to have a museum collection. He just wants to, he just wants to collect more old shit. That's all. He just wants the yeah, money. He, he just wants own. to... 
That's and they're like, hey, go take a, a two-hour trip. Nerd. Yeah, you definitely should. <laughs> yeah, God. Okay. So what happens next? Um, so Holmes says that there's some guilty secret in the room and they have to find out what it is. Uh, they don't know. He knows that there's something extremely valuable in, um, Nathan Garadeb's house, but they don't know what it is yet. Right. They, and they also know. I thought it was coins. You thought it was like. They, yeah, because they talked about him polishing one, especially. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I thought that's the direction it was pointing that, like, he only saw their historical value and didn't realize they were literally, like, these are the 30 pieces of silver which Judas Iscariot was given <laughs> or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I, that's a pretty yeah. good guess. I mean, like, usually when a character Thank is you. just doing some, uh, what, what's that? What's the, I know there's a term for it in theater where it's like an action that you're doing just to make it so you're not just standing there. What is, do you know? Do you know what that is? Space work, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. um, I think you're. Like I think that, you're yeah. combining space work and Chekhov's gun. <laughs> I think you're. You're making. Making. In, I don't. Ends I feel like Chekhov's there is a very specific drive. term right? for it. But like, I was in a very unofficial theater department, and mm-hmm. they just called it do an activity, <laughs> <laughs> do something, <laughs> find an activity. Which an activity. in my theater department, like ninety five percent of the time, ended up being folding laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even in, That's fair. I had a scene that was literally in like a church, and the activity was folding laundry <laughs> somehow. <laughs> so my theater training was well worth it. I'm really glad I spent all that money on college. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Uh, I love yes. it. Um, yeah. So uh, he, yeah. So they uh, they have to find out what's in the room that's so valuable, and also I think right before this he establishes that the. Um, Original Garadeb, John Garadeb, that's not his actual name, it's an alias. He is this actual, right. like, crimesman, killer person, famous murderer from Chicago, because all the American criminals are from Chicago. <laughs> um, in these yep. stories, uh, in these stories, not in real life, that's not where that sentence is going to Um, but, uh, so yeah, what's, he has what's this his whole name, his- Nicholas? His name's, his name's, uh, oh, what's the first name? I don't even know, but it's Killer Evans. And that's yes. his, yes! that's his, like, Killer Evans. That's his name in the crime world. And he, yeah, there's this whole thing where he worked with this other guy and then shot him over a game of cards, got put in jail for that, got out of jail, has been living like do. a pretty, like, not doing really anything else since he's got out. But now they know who he is. They know he's this criminal. And, um, he, right. and then Holmes also finds out, oh, he asks, um, Nathan Garadab about what, uh, uh, what kind of house it is, like how old it is. And, um, yeah. he goes to the, uh, the people who, like, own the residence, basically, and find out that the person yeah. who lived in Nathan Garadab's room before him was also a crimesman. Um, he was a known, uh, coiner and counterfeiter. Uh, right. So that's... Which tied into my coins yeah. theory. Which, yeah, yeah, which also... And made me feel all the stupider when it was not true. <laughs> you were like, I got it. Yes, I was right this time, and then you weren't. <laughs> yeah. I don't got it, and I don't got it real good. <laughs> <laughs> you really... You, it yeah. was a, you really were... You were like Peak Watson in this, in this one right here. You were so close, yeah. but yet... Well, I mean, this one feels way. a little bit like... I don't know if you guys ever, I, I mean, we've established that we were nerdy children, so I don't know if you guys ever did like books of like riddles or things like that. I used to have oh, some yeah. of those. And there mm. are some that are like really well written riddles and you can get to an answer. And there are other ones that are like, a truck drives down the road. It's, the load is full of apples and as it's going down the road, all of a sudden, the apples disappear one by one. Where did they go? And like anything logical, 
you just like try and come up with stuff and you're trying to parse out what the clues in this riddle are that give you mm-hmm. the answer. And then the answer is actually just like something stupid where it's like, the apples were never real. It was all a hologram from the beginning. It's like, <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. And that's a bit what this case is like. Like kind there really of, are yeah. no clues to actually get you to this answer. Mm-hmm. Right. It gives you the shapes, but not the specifics. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Riddles, riddles generally, historically, are held up as this, like, sacred thing, but they're mostly some bullshit. Like, even, <laughs> even the one of the Bible with Samson is like, <laughs> from the, from the eater, something to eat, from the strong, something sweet. And that's ridiculous. That's not a riddle. That's just like, <laughs> <laughs> from the Honda, something to cook. From the street, something to look. The answer is, it's an accord that was on fire when I was driving over here. You're an idiot for not guessing that. I win the riddling contest somehow. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I feel like I got spoiled on riddles when I was young because my first two experiences with riddles were The Hobbit, when Bilbo mm, and Gollum sure. have the riddle game, which is a bunch of great riddles. Mm-hmm. Love those oh, yeah. riddles. Classics. Well done. Um, and then also there was a book in the Redwall series. I believe it had Pearl in the name, and that is all I remember uh, that about That would be the Pearls of Lutra. I yes, believe. and there were a lot of riddles throughout there, and those were pretty yeah. dope riddles. And so I was like, yeah, riddles are the best. Riddles, and then I yeah. started to just see more riddles in the world. I was like, maybe riddles aren't the best, actually. No, <laughs> riddles riddles are not the best. Although I will say that the thing I really love about the riddles in The Hobbit is that we all agree what have I got in my pocket is not a valid <laughs> yes, riddle. Yes, no, riddle it's not. No, no. Any any riddling association worth its accreditation would yeah. immediately disqualify no, that. No, Gollum but, is the true hero of The Hobbit because he was betrayed. Uh, His rage exactly. is justified. <laughs> but what really gets me, because I have an enduring love of, like, binding agreements and, like, the nature of, uh, like, contracts, like, spiritually and philosophically and shit mm-hmm. like that. So what really gets me is that, like, it's not that the riddle was bullshit. It's that, like, as soon as Gollum agreed to try it anyway, he had bound himself into those terms. Sure. Right? So he has nobody to blame but himself. He should have said, no, I'm not answering that. That's a dumb riddle. Get <laughs> right. out of here. Even you if you're going to take the new, the new terms of, like, give me three guesses, it's still, like, you exactly. just walked into this trap buddy yeah yeah you just you uh you know you could have asked for for any level of negotiation here Gollum. you just you took the first offer on the table and that's why you got cheated out of a gold ring mm-hmm. come on yep go back under your mountain idiot <laughs> <laughs> doofus <laughs> take your loincloth and go home <laughs> uh, uh did y'all ever see the like animated hobbit movie from the like 70s the yes. the really creepy one. It's really scary. Their yeah. faces change like every frame. Yeah, no, yeah. I watched I that. I mean, that's Bakshi for you, though. <laughs> I watched that at way too young of an age, and that is the creepiest oh, golem to this day that I've ever seen. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I have like I own it, but Andy Circus's golem is too. my my love. Right? Gollum, yeah. Because yeah. like I immediately started doing an impression of it, and I do golem to this day. <laughs> yes. But like Are I don't g- want to think about the old one. I I'll find a place to bust it in here. It's not right. Now. Okay. Good. All right. It's not feeling natural. <laughs> no, okay. Fair, I have to yeah. find a natural moment. Right. For sure. Okay. Yeah, you'll know when the time is right. Absolutely. Well, I was I was gonna say we we really shouldn't be talking such smack to Nick, given that he is sitting in a room with a signed by Andy Circus <laughs> portrait of Gollum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good day. All right, so let's, yeah. let's go back to <laughs> you know. Good parts every up. time, yeah. every time yeah. we record, 
I always think this is going to be the one. We're going to have nothing to talk about, and it's not because we're not great or funny people. Nope. It's just not going to work. We'll be like, this is a story. These are the events that happened. Bye. And it's going to suck, and I'm going to just implode inside. And especially when we have a guest, I'm like, the guest isn't going to have fun. This is going to be bad. We're going to make you feel on this spot. And it's not because none of us are good. It's just, and it works every time because everyone I know is wonderful, and I surround myself with incredible people, and it's the best choice I've ever made. It's so good. <laughs> You you collect weird enough uh, friends and you life is never boring. That's yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I just I made it my policy to only associate with people who were smarter and or funnier than me, and it's been a really good decision. Uh, goodness. Uh, okay, so I something I did notice. Well, I didn't notice. It was part of the story that was spelled out explicitly. I don't get any points for that. <laughs> I noticed. This I thing. observed this. <laughs> And and actually, I explicitly did not notice it, so I'm wrong about everything. <laughs> but um, the advert for um, the the other Garadeb who uh, was not an agricultural or who was an agricultural, not an architectural broker, but like it was riddled with Americanisms. Um, mm-hmm. Like they spelled plow in the American fashion, P L O W, um, and they mentioned it mentioned several things like buckboards and artesian wells, which are apparently distinctly American in flavor, uh, mm-hmm. which clangs given that this is supposed to represent an english firm and like that shit like sure if you here's the thing if you put the american like we all know that you know um england and the united states are two countries separated by the atlantic ocean Mm -hmm. no uh by a common language is how the thing goes and it's true but we we know most of the differentiations between english uh, between american english and and british english but like if you put plow p l o w and plow p l p l o u g h longest fucking word in the world mm-hmm. if you put those together <laughs> and said are these the same word i would run from the room i don't know <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> I also, like, the minute that, that Watson was like, I noticed that he spelled plow wrong, I looked at that word plow, and I knew it was plow, and then I went back up to the advert, like, I was like, uh-huh. let me like, go back, it says plow, what's different? I literally plow. had a moment where I was like, <laughs> I can't see the difference. <laughs> what am yes. I missing here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forgot how to read for a minute, it was terrible. <laughs> I think that so, my guess is that that specific thing might have been like specifically historical because I feel like nowadays if I'd read plow spelled either way in the context of like a farming implement, I would yeah. just be like, that's just how they chose to spell it. It's like tomato, tomato kind of, but like two words yeah. that are can be spelled different. It's like archaic version and then the modern version or something, but at the time, obviously, like, no one, no, British, would you wouldn't spell it that way at all, so, I don't know, but, yeah. Um, yeah, which but, makes me wonder, like, at what point did American spellings start to branch out? Because this story was from 1920-something. America mm-hmm. was, like, what, 130 years old? But was America's, yeah. like, first order of business... Get rid of them fucking U's in all our words. Like, what? We gotta purge yeah, do you think the they language. Were just like, pick the words. Pick the words that look like they have extra letters and get them out of there. <laughs> exactly. Too long have we suffered with these We U's. don't have time in America. <laughs> Come on. Right. We're too busy opening steel mills. <laughs> Manifest so Destiny really is waiting. We don't have time for letters. Right. Exactly. We have to, we have to, we have to go explore this entirely empty country. Excuse us. Yes, this entirely empty <laughs> yep. country. No, if you could just get out of our way, <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah. 
Uh, there's actually a really good comic, I think it's from Image, called Manifest Destiny, about, like, Lewis and Clark's expedition, you know, to find the Northwest Passage. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's only the official story. The real story <laughs> is that the American continent is full of monsters, <laughs> and they were sent to catalog them. I knew it's that's where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's, is that just because you know me yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have a brand i was like vampires or something's gonna come in here real soon <laughs> it's bound to be it's yeah who knows when's the magic ghosts Man, and then magic right casey Cheetahs. <laughs> yeah of course there's magic yeah. all right so at this point they feel safe in assuming that john garadeb is responsible for this uh, document of fraudulent Britishness, mm. but they don't know why. They don't. They, they see the shapes and pieces of what's going on here, but they don't know what they're pointing towards. And Holmes says, okay, so clearly he wants this old man to go to Birmingham, which is two hours away. He was very unsubtle about that. Mm-hmm. And the question is why? And I think it'll be funnier to let it play out. So let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's just see what happens. Um... Yeah. yeah. And it shows that, like, at this point, we're pretty sure, like, Holmes's D&D alignment can't be higher than chaotic good at best, clearly. Oh, no, no. At yeah. Best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More likely chaotic neutral, let's be actually honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I think, I think you could categorize Holmes probably as either sarcastic good or chaotic hungry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hungry God, for I'm drama. I'm chaotic hungry every damn day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need some more realistic alignments in here. <laughs> chaotic hangry. Um, there it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like barbarian rages. Chaotic meat of Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> the status effect can only be cured with nougat. <laughs> Nerds. <Okay>. Nerds. <laughs> Excuse me? Mr. Signed Portrait of a Lord of the Rings character? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Pearls, you're calling a nerd. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I like how I covered up my Gollum poster and my Star Trek like, poster is right like, next to like it. It's not here. <laughs> you're not worthy. Uh, all oh, right. man. Oh, God. Okay, so what What happened? We're, we're getting into a real, like, quote-heavy area. I, had a, I have a lot of direct quotes because, like, yeah. this is the point... This story is very short, but it has some pretty distinct arcs. In the middle, it's like, this shit's goofy. No, in the beginning, it's like, this shit's goofy. In the middle, it's like, I, Arthur Conan Doyle, have been reading some Chicago crime stories, and I <laughs> would like this to be one of those, please. <laughs> I've been watching the latest episodes of NCIS, and boy, do I exactly. have some ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my new issue of true Chicagoan crimes has arrived. <laughs> and... And in the end, it's like he decided to get super earnest and make this, like, a really, like, touching, deeply emotional story, like, as hard as he could for two pages. Yeah. And... The last two pages, really, yeah. Yeah, Holmes comes home and he says... This is a much more serious matter than I had expected, Watson. It is fair to tell you so, though I know it will only be an additional reason to you for running your head into danger. I should know my Watson by now. But there is danger, and you should know it. To which Holmes says, well, to which Watson, rather, says, Well, it's not the first time we have shared it, Holmes. I hope it will not be the last. And my note after that just says, aw. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah, when I first read this story, it was just, like, one big aw at the end is really good. We get... A super awesome Holmes and Watson scene here at the end. Oh, it's, it's great, precious. and it only takes someone it's, getting shot. So. 
honestly. Yeah. All right. So what's 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 the end game here? Somebody take the reins. Stake well, it. basically, they get yes. into uh, they get into uh, Mr. Nathan Gerdeb's house and and uh, essentially like. It's like a stakeout, mm-hmm. you know, yes. behind yeah. a cabinet. So it's like yeah. not the like usual, you do. but you know, <laughs> they were like, mm, "This cabinet's slightly out from the wall. Let's right. get back here." I shall so they're just—they literally cover. just, I guess, hang out for like an hour. I guess, then, yeah, <laughs> waiting for yeah. They see the landlady waiting leave. for the other guy to show yeah. up, or really like Holmes hasn't even necessarily like expressed all of it to Watson. He's just like, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> okay. Before that, even, he says, he, he took a revolver from the drawer and handed it to me. If right. our Wild West friend tries to live up to his nickname, <laughs> we must be ready for him. I'll give you an hour for a siesta, Watson. And then I think <laughs> it'll be it. time for our Rider Street Adventure. So Holmes, at this point, he's just like, thank God, I was so bored. <laughs> Something to do. <laughs> John, here's your gun. Here's my gun. I also, I was very stressed. I was very stressed (laughs) that, like, they waited until exactly 4 o'clock when the landlady leaves to go get the key. And, like, in my mind, number one, like, what if she had left early? Your whole thing's ruined. Number two, is the criminal, is, like, Killer Evans just going to sleep till 3? Like, do we just know this about him? Like, he could have done this way earlier in the day. I feel like waiting until 4 is questionable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, doesn't Nathan Garadab leave at, like, wh- when does he leave? It's at a, it's, noon. He yeah. leaves at noon. Right? It's like, yeah. that's way longer than, t- I mean, yeah, four hours, but, yeah. like, you want to do it on the last hour. I would have been there at one hour. o'clock and staked out <laughs> immediately. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, brought a sandwich, a book, no. I think it, I think it's a, a rule of drama thing. Like, Holmes is like, no, 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 <laughs> the stakes won't be nearly as high if we're if we're there in plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wait till the last just barely make it, Watson. You know how this works. Uh, so anyway, so they stake out behind the cabinet. Mm-hmm. They, I guess, wait about an hour, and then they mm-hmm. hear a key in the door. Mm-hmm. And who should wander in? But surprise, it's Killer Evans. Here he is, Killer Evans, that Wild West guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love how Chicago is the Wild West in Arthur Conan Doyle's West. mind. <laughs> oh man, so, the dusty yeah, streets they... of Chicago. <laughs> they see, <laughs> the they see their low. good old cowboy come on in from Chicago. <laughs> 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 with the and he's probably got the hat strap like the chin strap on the hat because you know chicago's windy so you don't want that to oh blow absolutely away. yeah no it's yeah. just practical yeah yeah <laughs> somebody somebody on twitter was talking about how like a bunch of texan and southern senators were wearing cowboy hats to like the white house dinner or some shit and like mm-hmm. they're politicians and the point that t- the tweeter was making was like what if obama just wore a fireman's helmet because he thought it looked cool <laughs> like <laughs> Because that's the equivalent. If you're not actually a cow, if you're not actually a cowboy, you're just being like it's just aesthetic at that point. But that's just like a part of Texas now. I don't think you're going to remove that anytime soon. It's a part of West Virginia too, so I can like speak to that. Like, okay, that's West Virginia. I don't know. They think they're the South. It's they're very confused. Y'all are a border state. You broke away from the Confederacy. Yeah, that was the whole point. That's how we got West Virginia in the first place. Yeah. Oh, no. There's there's Confederate flags all over the state now. Like, it's they don't know what's happening. At least never short on toilet paper. So. Woo. (laughs) Yes. I love that there's like, I love the idea, cause every time I say something like that, there's this thing, oh shit, what if we just lost a listener? And I love the idea that this one, this one Confederate listener has been holding on through our flamingly right, liberal podcast. Right, who got podcast. this far. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't it all think the way I can... here, and it was like, 
This is the moment. That guest, I can't believe you brought him on here. That's the last straw. I'm going home to Chicago. You can talk liberal all you want, but you bring a queer from New York and we're done. That's it. Oh, goodness. You're a real-life werewolf gene. That's what you are. Well, okay, so yes, this uh, this American Creepenfoos uh, arrives, but it, it appears to transpire... That, like, the entire Garadeb situation has been fabricated specifically. This in, this entire thing is this a construct. Whole this whole thing specifically and only to get Nathan Garadeb out of his room. And Holt is, Holt is pretty impressed. And yeah, I can have we to agree. shout out? Can we shout out, though, like, Nate, that's very impressive level of yeah. being a hermit. Like, it is. come on, man. Like, props, A, props to Killer Evans for thinking of this entire right. yarn. Yeah. And also props to Nathan Garrett for being such an utter, like, like agoraphobe. That yeah. He just... Every once takes... in a while he goes to Sotheby's, okay? Don't get it twisted. <laughs> it's like, it's not like yeah. I never leave my house. Like, I have to eat eventually, <laughs> occasionally, but... Yeah. I have I, to go buy it's good. It's really good. Um, yeah. It's great. So... Yeah, they, um, they're, they're, did you want to finish with the stakeout scene or do, who wants to, no, who wants you to get were, this No, bit? by all means, Me? man. Go no, you it. took, oh, yeah, I get it. go right. for it. Come so on. this is, so you then took the reins. next what, uh, next what transpires is one of my favorite scenes in all of canon. Uh, yeah, it's, it's real action. good. It's really good. So they, um, uh, Killer Evans gets into the rooms. He, Moves a table there. He cuts up some of the carpet on the ground. He opens a secret panel because there's always a secret. Panel. Rude. He goes. <laughs> not he gonna get his deposit back now, right? The carpet. It's ruined I forever. Assume. Um, the, <laughs> I realize and, I'm speaking to actual to an actual apartment dweller, and I just realized I have no idea how deposits work. No, that's actually <laughs> no, that is how it works. Now. Yeah, no. If that's... I cut up my baseboards, I'm pretty sure I would not get my deposit back. <laughs> yeah, I've had my deposit taken away from me simply for like. They were like, well, we had to clean it after you left. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's just standard procedure. That's just a thing you're supposed to do. I don't, yeah. that's not my fault. Yeah. Um, now, you two boys, you two, you two apartment dwelling boys, you, you, who, who yeah. know about this. So perhaps this is incorrect and you can correct me if, if I'm, if I'm mistaken in my assumption. But when I hear, when mm. I hear deposit and I'm, I, as, as I'm saying this, I realize it's, it's ridiculous. I'm picturing like, <laughs> I always pictured like a chunk of ore, like this is my deposit, <laughs> like actual collateral. Yes, <laughs> like they hold a can... picture of your firstborn until you move out of the apartment. <laughs> yeah, like that's this, yeah. On this piece of paper is the last memory I had before I realized my father would die someday. So if you just hold on to this, <laughs> or like. If you take this chunk of, of raw oracalcum to, to a smelter, you can get five ingots of the good stuff, and you can have those if I don't well, clean yeah. these carpets before I That is I how it out. works, because you remember the 1985 pyrite scandal when everybody was giving fool's gold as their of deposit. Course. It was a problem. <laughs> the pyrite yeah. No, that's scandal. exactly it. <laughs> They're like, well, you're never seeing these 20 gold pirate coins again. Sorry, buddy. That's it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Who's the fool now? I'll later find out it's me. <laughs> it was, it was me all along. It was me all along, but in this particular exchange, I feel confident in my victory. I don't know why you seem so fine with losing these 20 coins. I assume it's just humility and defeat. <laughs> 
I'll take these as well earned because as a landlord, I'm a good person. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm given to understand landlords are not good people, but I do not know of whence I speak. Nah, you're right. Uh, anyway. I love, see, here's the thing. I love when I know I've strayed into truly controversial territory because both of you are like, ah, that's funny. Also, I don't want to lose my home. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all about playing like, the game. Yeah, landlords in general. Wow, let's talk about just the general sense, not all, yeah. not a specific one. No, <laughs> not my terrific one. Not Mr. Shika Dance. No. Not this guy. How no. did you know his name? <laughs> Please don't dox I him. A, I have an index. <laughs> Oh goodness. God. Okay, so Nick, you, you love this, you love this scene, it's canon. Tell us, take it, paint us, paint us a word picture. Yeah, no, I love the, my favorite scene in the canon, so let me ruin it for you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so they, um, they wait, so he's, so Killer Evans rips up the carpet, goes under the secret panel. As he's, while he's under there, he's in the prime position to be ambushed. And he, I think they wait until he like kind of starts to come out. He's like midway out of the, uh-huh. um, secret panel and, uh, Holmes and Watson jump in. They both have their pistols pointed at his head. He's like, he's out of luck. That's it. And he's like, Oh, all right, Mr. Holmes, you got me. Like, you know, yeah, you're, you're smarter than me, all mm-hmm. this stuff. And then in the middle of saying this, he whips out a gun and shoots and he hits Watson Guns in the leg. Guns to meet you. <laughs> he hits, <laughs> he, and he hits Watson in the leg. And immediately after I like, I assume Watson, I think falls down from the, uh, immediately after that, Holmes, uh, crashes his pistol over the guy's head, knocking him, knocking, either knocking him out or just severely disorienting. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just watched, literally, you said, immediately falls over, something dropped in Casey's house, and then I just look at Casey's cam and watch the guiltiest look. (laughs) I was listening, I was just fiddling with this inspiration token for D&D, and I was like, oh yeah. It's like, of course, like an old man, like I was trying to, no, we we lost Andrew again, Why? It was too funny. It was too funny. It was I too to funny. Go. No, I was just trying to play with it, just like walking across my fingers like an old man hearing a tail down at the drinking hole. <laughs> you got a cigarette or a cigar sticking out of the side of your mouth and. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um... Okay. I wasn't trying to distract from your favorite scene, I promise. <laughs> no, it's okay. really... Look, if if I distract you, it'll be on purpose. I'm not good at containing a giggle. <laughs> That's when it all right. Comes, it comes. No. Right. Uh, okay. Do, so. Why don't you finish it, Casey? I'm. I, no, we no, can no, do half I'm so half. sorry. No, we're good, we're good. Oh, we're good. well, all right. <laughs> so, he says guns to meet you, and shoots at all these guns guys, and Watson you. says, Ow! Hey! A red-hot iron across my thigh. And Holmes says, Hey, fuck you! That's my Watson's thigh! And says, Kabong! And just, like, clobbers him all up on his dome piece. And then, like... Here's the thing. They don't talk about pulling the guy out of the hole, so I like to picture, like, Holmes just cracks him on the <laughs> melon, just, and he just goes, wow! He just crumbles just ragdolls, him, he yeah. him. <laughs> yes, he does! He whack-a-moles! Yes! The yes. whack-a-mole school of crime management. Yes. That is what I'm going to believe <laughs> yep. is how it happens. I will hear no other interpretation no. of the Garadubs ever. Head cannon confirmed. And then he immediately turns in, in a more panic. Like, more like head and, gun. More like head <laughs> 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 All right, thank you You're guys. Welcome. This has been a You're great welcome. episode. Thank I'll you. see you later. I'll be here all week. I'll be here all week. <laughs> the final problem. Two out of three hosts say, I quit. 
<laughs> oh god. Okay, yeah. so he turns to Watson and says, "You're not hurt, Watson. For God's sake, say that you are not hurt." It was worth a wound, it was worth many wounds, to know the depth of loyalty and love which lay behind that cold mask. Oh yeah, it's very sweet. And there's some, there's, it goes a couple places, cause after that it says, <laughs> he had ripped up my trousers with a pocket <laughs> 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 I admire the zeal, uh, I'm just, <laughs> It's really like, let me check that wound it rips up his entire pants. <laughs> his entire <Exactly>. pants. <laughs> He's just there in his long underwear. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then they, they hoist the guy up out of yonder crime hole and, uh, and Watson, Watson's okay. And Holmes says yeah. to him, if you had killed Watson, you would not have made it out of this room alive. And one of my not favorite saying... lines in the whole canon. I love that. It. It's so good. It's incredible. It's so good. And I'm not saying I wanted Watson to die. I'm saying <laughs> that all I want is to watch Sherlock beat a man to death with his bare hands because right. that man real, harmed real. Like, I a almost, hair on Watson's head. I almost wish Watson had gotten hurt not superficially, like worse, bad enough. Not bad enough that, that, so that he'd die, but bad enough that Holmes would just yeah. go absolutely ape on this guy and just destroy yeah. him. Whatever, yes. whatever the level of setting Holmes off is, let's yeah. hit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see him unhinged. Yeah. Oh, so, so love that scene. Um so yeah, that happens and uh then he uh Killer Evans kind of like starts to come to and uh they, they arrest him straight to jail immediately. You know, Pasco. Yep. What the rest jail of forever after. Yep, jail forever. Well, after. he See, here's the thing. He's like Okay, he explains that uh, in in yonder crime hole was a counterfeiting press left behind by the guy who lived there before. There were, like, millions of pounds in counterfeit yeah. notes there that were indistinguishable from the real thing. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, he tries to say, well, here's the thing. I haven't passed any of these fraudulent Yeah, notes. he I tries to, like, talk his in. way out of it and then bribe them also, yeah, I, like, when that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I had a key so I didn't break in. What crime have I really yeah. committed? <laughs> if you think about it he's literally like what you get <laughs> yeah, and they're like uh attempted murder actually <laughs> watson's so like i got awful. something i got something we can yeah, <laughs> yeah um uh, but he does he tries to buy them off and and holmes holmes laughs and says we don't do things like <laughs> that mr evans we don't do that here <laughs> yeah. and then he follows yeah. it up by saying there is no bolt hole for you in this country which i accidentally read as butthole <laughs> <laughs> none of that either <laughs> That's not here for you either. Get out. Because <laughs> we're all adults. I'm just uh, here to bring class to the podcast. <laughs> Sophistication. Class with a capital We are S. nothing if not a sophisticated, serious, scholarly Holmes podcast. As here a result, at the final we are emphatically form. nothing. <laughs> God. Very good. Oh. So, jail forever after, and... um Watson wraps up and says, Evans had indeed done great service and caused several worthy CID men to sleep the sounder, for the counterfeiter stands in a class by himself as a public danger, which was a a very odd thing for a person to say to me. So (laughs) I looked into it, and apparently until fairly late in British history and presently here in the U.S. of A., counterfeiting is a capital offense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that doesn't shock <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can be executed for it because like the 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 country takes it very personally. <laughs> um mm-hmm. which I mean makes sense cuz like you're you're directly damaging the economy and and doing stuff like yeah. that. I just I had never really thought of counterfeiters as being like an especially like dangerous like oh and shit, also, here they come with their fraudulent <laughs> It's the counterfeiters, they're coming down the road. <laughs> oh god, no. You also have to think about like America is, you know, a democracy, so a lot of things go to the people. So the country doesn't have that many things that are its identity. So, like, don't right. take its money, dude. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Thinking of myself, just... I'm placing myself in America's shoes. Mm. Right. <laughs> Which is not actually something I'm sure I wanted to. <laughs> no. No, I don't. They're bowling shoes at this point. Oh, they're, um, clown they're clown sweaty. They're clown shoes. They're what? They're clown, clown shoes. shoes. It just reminds me of, I think it was an episode of Hey Arnold, where the boys accidentally <laughs> stumble across a pair of counterfeiters, and they're making counterfeit pennies by hand. I think and I remember <laughs> this, yeah. Yeah. Good. And one of them says, like, hey, boss, you ever think about maybe, you know, because once you factor in supplies and the cost of manpower, like, these these pennies aren't really worth, but don't you think we should be, like, counterfeiting some higher level coins? And the other guy's like, you're not ready for quarters, McGinty. Come back in 20 years. <laughs> Just the idea that there's this hierarchy, like, you gotta wake your way, wake your way up. You're not a dime boy yet, sonny. <laughs> what do you mean know. you wanna do a Sacagawea silver dollar? You gotta wait till you're at least 70 to get there. You gotta pay your dues. <laughs> Oh my god. It's also definitely the, the Sacagawea is not a silver dollar, so that came out. No, all wrong. but it could be. That's could the holy be. grail. Although Should if be. you were a counterfeiter in the counterfeiters guild, wouldn't it be like your mark of mastery to forge your own credentials? Like wouldn't that oh, have yeah. to be? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You would imagine. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you just skip you, a yeah. few grades. Well, like, and no, you- technically, if you read this, I'm your boss now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you think it's like do you think any of the the various coins that america has had that have been kind of discontinued you know like the susan b anthony dollar do you think maybe there's any chance that that is a counterfeiter that just like made such a good one that they're like i guess it's real now (laughs) i you know it has it has to have been done because I'm gonna live in that alternate reality for myself. Yeah, I, I think there was, bills. there was actually a, a Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> story where this kid, like, there, there was something called Happy Stamps, I think it was, and he, uh, and you could trade it for, you know, fabulous prizes. And this guy figured out how to make counterfeit Happy Stamps, and eventually he realized that, like, the design of the actual items was so simple that he wasn't even counterfeiting them. He was just making real ones <laughs> in his house. Wow. And at that point, he was trapped because his wife was like, only 13,000 more happy stamps until we can get that cruise ship or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's probably the counterfeiter's paradox, honestly. Because yeah. once you once you start with the Sacagaweas, nothing else satisfies. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> There was actually, there's, yeah. there's no recovering from that. <laughs> like, where the heck are we supposed to? Um, I don't know what to do with that, Casey. There was actually, be... well, there was a there was a series on the Sci-Fi Channel called uh, The Lost Room, which dealt with like mm-hmm. a bunch of weird artifacts and a hotel room that you could get into. A secret, I don't know. But there was one artifact. It was a pencil, and if you tapped the eraser on a hard surface, it caused like a 1956 penny to appear from nowhere. It was pretty cool. But then like. One guy got a hold of it, and that's just all he did all day long was go tap, tap, tap. And he made, like, $100 a day, but had also severely diluted the American economy without realizing it by <laughs> flooding the market with 1956 pennies or some shit. It's Dylan's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Dylan, Andrew, let me tell you, Dylan hates the penny so much. (laughs) (laughs) He hates pennies and he hates time zones. And (laughs) I think that's... That's uh, that's really the best primer. Two things that are obsolete in this day and age. (laughs) Exactly. He's he's gonna love this episode. He's gonna love it so much. (laughs) Well, that was the three Gary Debs. Uh, All in all, a rollicking adventure. Uh, Andrew, did you find yourself uh, anyone worthy of your Huxtable Award? Any character that stood out to you or that you thought uh, was acting in an especially fun or silly fashion? Or (laughs) um, I I don't know I. I my first instinct was Nathan Gerdeb and less of the fun and silly fashion, but just to like acknowledge how hard he hermits. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you deserve something for that. I don't know right? if it's a Huxable award, but it's at least like a I don't a participation <laughs> award. <laughs> yeah, is there like an English version of the Guinness World Records? Because like, right, leave, leaving your house the least amount award for yeah, yeah. he's got to be in in he's at gotta. least in contention for that. <laughs> yeah. So he, win- um, he wins the high hermit honor, the Triple H. Yeah. It's coveted. Mm. Yeah, that was my first one. But then I don't know. I feel like Holmes himself is at another level in this particular story. <laughs> yeah, he's never gets, received like, the little moments of. Yeah, I I just feel like he's got like an impish grin throughout this entire story. That's mm-hmm. the only way I can envision it. When he's like, he's having a lot of fun. Like it, it starts <laughs> on in the early. Like he's like, oh Watson, find yourself a Garadev. Not that one, Find another one. And then it goes all the way to the end of like, someone's gonna be coming into this. Oh, oh, someone's. Oh, there he is. I told you. (laughs) He's a real Willy Wonka son of a bitch in this story. Mm, Yeah, he he really is. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Who gets your Huxtable? Um, I would just say Nathan Garrett. I'm just gonna go ahead and. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's right. He is so pure and genuine and just. Everyone is messing with him, and it's just like, I feel bad for the guy. And also, he, like, like just becomes, like, the shell of a person after he realizes that his <laughs> yeah, he's not going to get point. it. It's really sad. Like, afterwards, they're, like, once he finds out that he's not going to be a millionaire and able to, like, complete his, dire- his collection and all that stuff, he just kind of, like, becomes this sad, empty husk of a man. And it's just yeah, like, he never oh, recovers. Dude. <laughs> that sucks. I'm also sad I- that we never got a direct conclusion for, like, day of. Like, where did he go? Did he yeah, go to did an actual place? Him? Like, did he just wander Was around never, yeah. in a circle, figure, mm, I'm not good outside of my house, I guess I can't find it, I'll just go home. So, like, he, yeah. I can only imagine he, like, realizes that he's not gonna find out what's going on, panics, goes home, and then immediately realizes <laughs> he's not gonna be a millionaire. And it's just the worst day of his life. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> or it's the I same, see- so this is an actual thing that I've done when I was going to apply for a job, where mm-hmm. I was terrified about the concept of applying for a job in New York sure. City, even though it was at an Applebee's of all places. <laughs> like, yeah. the least intimidating location. <laughs> and you're just like, I, I had my, I had my resume, clutched in my hand mm-hmm. and I got to the door of the Applebee's and I'm 22 and I'm very fresh to the city and mm-hmm. I was so scared so I walked past it and I kid you not I circled the block eight times oh, <laughs> and no. then just left I didn't ever apply oh that's no. so sad so I just I think that's why uh, I relate to to Nathan sure. because I think he probably did the same thing he mm-hmm. like had his like itinerary clutched in his hand circles yep. the block realizes that there is no agricultural Garadeb and then just heads home <laughs> and see God. what what I imagined mm-hmm. was and I know this isn't what happened but it's what made me happy in my head mm-hmm. what I imagined was that Killer Evans. Uh, cause it's in quotes every time. Killer yeah. Evans. Um, 
like, he hired somebody to pretend to be this fraudulent Garadeb, and, like, I just like to imagine that he kept getting deeper and deeper, like, making the facsimile more and more realistic to the point where he was, like, f- scrambling to be like, well, now I gotta find five million dollars to give to this guy so he <laughs> right. doesn't realize he was duped. And, like, he's pulling off he's pulling off cons to pay off this other con <laughs> from this guy he was supposed to con, and... <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah. spends the rest of his life accidentally supporting a museum of natural history. <laughs> <laughs> Chaotic good ending, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, my my Huxtable Award has to go to uh the um house not she's not like the manager the landlady, that's the word. Oh, I thought really? you were just gonna say the house. The house. The <laughs> house. Like, Heck yeah. being old and cool. <laughs> it's and- Georgian as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's for Mrs. Saunders, the landlady, because mm. I really like, like, I, I pictured this place as, like, the creepy sort of bachelor tenement from the Blues Brothers that <laughs> Elwood Blues lived in. Just this mm-hmm. really gross, like, awful guys in, like... Like a frat house kind of thing? Kind <laughs> of. Like, a lot of dudes in, like, stained, like, undershirts just hanging around smoking and, like, kind of like where Niles has to move when he loses the Montana. In yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Shangri-La, that was it. But, mm. like, I just like to imagine that Mrs. Saunders does the best she can. She comes in day in and day out and does everything she can for her tenants. And she comes in and she's like, all right, well, you know, Mr. Mister Greyforth has this thing he's got to do. i got to collect the rent from this. Oh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Garadab, you're rented. What the fuck? There's a hole in my floor! Because <laughs> Holmes doesn't care about that. Holmes isn't going to fix the hole in the floor. He's... <laughs> Like, crime <laughs> over, Holmes out. So just, like, she has to deal with this poor old man who has been carted off to an insane asylum to recover from having been fatally duped, and now mm. there's just a hole in the middle in the middle of her floor. Although I do like to think right? that she found some of those counterfeit million-pound notes in there. Just kind of wanders in in between the events of, like, him getting arrested and, like, the flat is momentarily empty, and she's just like... Looks around, stuffs under a bra, <laughs> and just leaves. Exactly. Doesn't say anything. <laughs> and the police, the police show up later, and she's like wearing a solid gold hat, and <laughs> she's got, <laughs> she's got like an albino she, leopard on a leash, and she's like, no, no idea yeah. where the counterfeit money went. Nah, mm, nope, disappeared. <laughs> no idea, officers. <laughs> no, haven't, haven't seen Mister Garadeb either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story was a lot of fun. Um, Andrew, if you would care to, as the guest, you sure. can choose us a number between two numbers that I will give you as soon as I can stop vamping while I wait for my list of the cannon to load. There we go. Oh, while you oh. do that, real quick, I thought of yeah. one last thing. It's going to kill me if I don't mention it. Um, so there's, a, there's many birds of reference in this story, but one bird in particular. Oh, yes. Which uh. is, because this is a bird cop podcast first and foremost um it is obviously holmes mentions that he uh he looks at the agony columns a lot to see what's going on and he said he would have noticed um uh he says something about like i come through the agony columns for birds meaning like interesting things and i would have i would have remembered a um it's uh like a what's it called a cock pheasant it's a like pheasant. like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. and so I was like I have to look at this bird now because it has to be ridiculous looking if it's meant to be like something right. that you would notice and I did and it is so Google a cock pheasant it's amazing it has a bright okay. red face it's kind of orange this bird is like it looks like it's on fire it looks like a Pokemon I'm gonna it's do great right now. oh fantastic this did is you? a great bird. let's do this yep 
Yeah. <laughs> this is a really good bird. Where it's actually, it's not that far off. Like, this is actually pretty typical for a pheasant. It's just the really bright oh face. Oh my god. Really? It's the best yep. part. <laughs> no, that is. And maybe that's exactly, that's like, fan. the point of it. I would have noticed a bird with a fucking bright face like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, that's a that. very good bird. I, you know, okay, so here's the thing. Chris Daly, whom both of you know on Twitter, he's the one who turned this into a bird podcast and gave it any level of legitimacy. (laughs) (laughs) And rightly so. Yeah, no, absolutely. so much to Um, him. (laughs) I just added him the other day, and I was like, hey, yo, Chris Daly, I'm going to the zoo on Wednesday. Any birds you want me to say hey to? Meh. Tweet. And I didn't really expect anything. (laughs) Tweet like birds. Um, But he hit me back. (laughs) She hit me back instantly and said, uh, the Phoenix Zoo, yeah, I think there's a purple gallinule named Jeff there. And I don't... <laughs> With the, the name thing. and everything? Yeah. The name is the That's best a, detail. What the name is... Is he really? Killer. You didn't expect that? You didn't expect that. Come on. <laughs> I don't know him well enough to know what level of joke complexity that is. So like, oh, no. I, is... 100% I could have told you he would do that. <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I looked for, I looked for Jeff. I think Gallinule was the word. I left my phone downstairs. I'm sorry. We yeah. could not find Jeff today. It's very sad. But we did, speaking of animals that look like Pokemon, we saw some fennec foxes, which are incredibly <gasps> adorable. Yes, but so cute. That made me, that made me remember the Pokemon that's based off of them. And I say based on, they just ported the animal into the game. Yeah. Like there's no, it's a, it's a pigeon yeah, basically. Generation. There's a lot of Pokemon that are like much closer to a real animal than I think most of us realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're kind of nostalgia blinded by that because like Pidgey and Spiro are literally just birds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Um, well, no, I do want to give a quick shout out to purple gallinules, though. They're like gorgeous, gorgeous little ducks. They're like water. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I looked it up. They're, they're I don't know Jeff personally, but I know the birds in general. <laughs> Jeff has to be good people. Yeah, we didn't Probably get to see people. all of the zoo today because it was my nephew's birthday, and he, as a two-year-old, got very tired and grumpy. So oh, we, we went home right. before I could see Jeff. But. What was his favorite animal? At the zoo. His favorite animal uh, was sleeping in his stroller and then grumpily pushing his stroller around while the rest of us tried to enjoy the animals. <laughs> yeah, two-year-olds are, yeah, that's on brand. I thought you were saying that there was an animal sleeping in his stroller, and I was like, this seems like maybe a questionable zoo. <laughs> yes. Did you say your the nephew was human? A... <laughs> Wildly questionable. What was that, Nick? Bold of me to assume your nephew is human, but yeah, yeah, that's true. That's my nephew is actually this white leopard cub that I picked up at the zoo. (laughs) Yes, Uh, I actually liked the zebras uh, a lot because Mm -hmm. I forget how big they are. Zebras are fucking huge, guys. Really? Horse size? I thought they were like donkey size. Okay, nah, first of all, they are horse-sized, and horses are also fucking huge. Yes, they I, are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am very allergic to horses, so I'm not around them a lot, oh. and I tend to forget that they, oh, no. they are enormous animals. Did you have so, an allergic rela- reaction to the zebras, then? Are zebras horses? I did not, <laughs> uh, no. because I didn't come into contact with them. Okay. They were far, it's, far okay. away. They didn't let you touch the zebras? They did not let us touch Bullshit. the zebras, unfortunately. Weird. You could touch the horses, you could touch the goats... Um, a lot of stuff. So here's the thing. There's a baboon enclosure, and baboons are cool. They Mm. got them big fangles. Mm -hmm. Baboons, it's a good thing they're in enclosures, but it's not like, there's not wire or a cage or anything. There's just, like, 
a crevice, like a gorge, between you and the baboons. And it's yeah, like 10 yeah. feet or some shit. And they're like, no, 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 we've measured it. It's fine. This is 15 feet, and baboons can only jump 10 feet. I would not put it past the baboon community to have bamboozled human researchers for the past 15 years <laughs> to be like, oh, no, uh, no, we can only jump 10 feet. We promise. And then just, like, wait for their day. <laughs> yeah. Like, 15 feet, bitches, surprise! It's just like... yep. And also, what if you get, like, the Usain Bolt of baboons? I was literally gonna make that exact (laughs) reference. Just some, like, freakishly strong baboon that just one day, just out of the blue, just all the way, and then you got got one loose, just, yeah, run around. There you go. Exactly. Steal everybody's We didn't account for this one. All you need is that world record baboon racer. We weren't prepared. It was bound to happen babooner or later. We got... Jackie yeah. joined a cursey of the baboons over here just <laughs> whacked over. Okay. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go ahead and choose a number for us between one and, uh, nope, not that one because we read that one last week. Uh, why don't oh, you choose a number, number between one and 42? Oh, that's such a range. Uh, let's yeah. go with, uh, 28. Okay, number 28 is, ooh, actually our second novel of the series here. Uh, it is going to be 1915's The Valley of Fear. Okay. Oh. All right, novel. Is this a, Are we ready is this for a, good a novel? One, um, <laughs> I don't remember it very well. Uh, Fair enough. Valley of Fear. Yeah, no, I don't really, but it's, uh, it's kind of cool. It's got a bit, as far as I remember, it's got a bit of a study in Scarlet vibe with like Mormonia, Escape from Mormonia, but something right. different. I, that's all I got. Sorry. It's been a while. That's fair. It's not, it's not Sorry, the most standout novel for me. I thought maybe you couldn't remember because you heard the Valley of Fear and instantly thought of the Antelope Valley, the place we both escaped from. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. The Valley of Fear is just the AV, honestly. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, uh, folks, we'll probably break that one up depending on how long it is. We'll probably break it up into two or three episodes like we did with Study in Scarlet. Mm -hmm. So don't feel pressure uh, for your Holmes work to read the whole thing before then. But you'll... um, We'll let you know beforehand about how far we got so you can catch up if you like. Or just read the whole thing. I'm not your book boss. I'm your counterfeiter boss. You do you. You got a train ride home for the holidays? Read. Yeah. Crank it up. probably not that long. Crank it out. Yeah. It's probably not. So, uh, until then, you can find us at the final Podblum. Please do tweet at us. We love all of our followers, not just Chris Daly, who fills us with good, good birds on a daily <laughs> basis. Although, you know what? This week, his bird was late because he couldn't get to all of his bird pictures. He, he tweeted very apologetically at us, but it's his first and only infraction so far. So I think we're How dare he? Yeah, Chris. I know. Um, you should go over and listen to Andrew and his buddies, Zach and Kevin, over at Good Game, Great Game. I yeah. found them randomly. I was just getting super into Octopath Traveler, and I was like, I wonder if there are any podcasts about it. So <laughs> I just looked at They were the first ones to come up, and I've been hooked ever since. They have some mm. of the funniest, most insightful video game conversations uh, ever. It's pretty good. It's really go that's good. very generous, because we mostly just don't say real words. So thank you. Yeah, same, honestly. So <laughs> it's just I think- part of the magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can maintain a, a level of professional collegiasm here. Uh, Andrew, I think in the, in the two years that I've been doing the podcast, there's maybe one monologue that I did on Near Automata that is the only moment of brilliance I would ever <laughs> give myself in those two years. Besides that, it's been garbled nonsense. <laughs> yep. That's, a, we, that's, the, that's the ratio. That's about is, right. Yeah, yeah, we get one really yeah. good, like deep discussion tm every like four or five episodes so <laughs> something like that great 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew, is there anything else you'd like to plug while we have you here? Um, no, not really. Uh, unless you're into, like, acapella music. I'm in two acapella groups. You could check <gasps> them out. Oh, my goodness. Um, one of them is called Crosstown Vocal. It's a much more, like semi-pro hobby kind of group that's been in New York City for a while. But uh, I have more recently joined a smaller group called Black to Gold. There's six of us. Mm-hmm. We are another New York-based group, and hopefully we're going to be doing some cool stuff because our arrangements are killer. So if you like music, I don't know, check us out. Uh, we don't have a Twitter, but there's an Instagram, and I believe it's just Black to Gold Music. I will definitely Black check Gold that music. out. That sounds Heck awesome. Heck yeah. Right on. <laughs> uh, Andrew, if you, if you would care to tweet or send our Twitter like some links to that, we will happily repost. Yeah, I yes. will do so. Cool, cool, cool. Well, okay, uh, folks, until then, you can read the next story. Um, If you should like to, you can go to patreon.com slash semi-automagic, which is the name of our uh, podcast network. And if you should like to support us monetarily, the American love language, uh, five <laughs> bucks a month gets you... Um, uh, the episode's most of a week early when I'm able to edit them that early, and also the uh, pre-show goofs of us just talking about stuff. I'm going to be honest, for this particular episode, it was pre-show and mid-show goofs, so I'm going to, there's going to be, there's, there's, there's <laughs> just goofs. <laughs> yeah, it's just straight goofs. I might have, this might be our first uncut episode. Um, that's not true. That would be a nightmare for everyone involved. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you, you're going to get all you, of it. You're going to get when Casey took the cats out of the room. You're going to get when Andrew <laughs> taped the heater. You're going to get yep. when Nick brought his cat in. <laughs> all of it. The real unfiltered podcast. You know what I'll do? I'll actually, I'll put this entire un, unfiltered, uncut episode. I will put this up on the Patreon feed sure. for the listeners. To <laughs> Enter enjoy. if you dare. <laughs> exactly. If you have a lot of time to waste. <laughs> um, and until then, all our, uh, all our buddies. We'll see you next time. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. And I'm still trying to come up with a uh, sign-off catchphrase as good as the one that you cats have over at Good Game, Great Game. Uh, every time Zach says... <laughs> that Zach can't do... say right ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, no, he says, do good and be great at it. And I'm like, motherfucker, I can't sound that earnest. <laughs> Nick, uh, come, up with a, come up with a killer new sign-off line for us. Uh, happy holidays, don't get shot. Do it. Don't get shot. Don't get yeah, shot. Yeah, that's, good. that's it. Don't that's the fight. one. Speaking of shots, <laughs> that reminds me, uh, don't drink and drive. That's not true, but that's also good advice. Yes. Um, that <laughs> reminds me, you can go to, uh, if you find Nick's Twitter, which is wayfarers underscore all, there is a link to his Redbubble account where you can purchase photographies that he has created. Um, you've got some breakfast foods up there finally, right, Nick? You've got, uh, I, <laughs> I've been following like a, this saga. I'm waiting. Uh, working on it i'm definitely working on it tell me yes. you've got some blintzes you have some crepes i could i could send you that soy sauce picture um for the meantime i'm not asking about the soy not, sauce nick i'm asking no. about some crepes <laughs> give me some crepes suzette working on it give me next time i go to okay. denny's i'll get the the like nutella banana crepes they're good no it's oh, gotta be God, homemade yes. yeah right no, no, no that's fine. No, uh-uh. right. Oh, okay. No. All right. Dude. No, no, I no, I am. I'm not above <laughs> Denny's. I was a theater kid too. It's you were a theater kid. <laughs> yeah, come on, Brigadoon. What up? <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, all our buddies. Uh, we will see you all next week. And until then, uh, I should stop saying until then. We'll see you all next week. We love you. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Garadam. I thought that the only thing 
a weird name could get you was the presidency. I don't know how. <laughs> was that delivery? Was that delivery bad? <laughs> that delivery was perfect. Okay, it was peak America. It felt it's like you questioned brand. yourself every step of the way, and that's what it should have <laughs> yep. been. That is the and you just chose to keep going of this show. <laughs> that is the spirit of this show. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm sure you'll. Um, edit it together to make me sound even more confused and unsure of my sure. 